This is a podcast from ABC Radio Overnights. I'm Rod Quinn. My name is Jason Dacey, and I was there at the New York Yacht Club when Australia too won the America's Cup in 1983, ending a 132-year winning streak for the Americans. It was the longest winning streak in sport when Australia too won the America's Cup in 1983, in September of 1983. Who was there? Well, Jason Dacey. Herald reporter at the time, Sydney Morning Herald reporter at the time, was at the New York Yacht Club. Jason, welcome to I Was There. Good to speak to you, Rod. Firstly, where were you exactly when Australia 2 crossed the line? Well, I wasn't supposed to be in New York City, but I was on my first ever holiday from Australia. Nothing to do with the newspaper, all on my off my own steam. But I was in New York City in my hotel room when Australia won the America's Cup. And a bit later on, I found myself in the New York Yacht Club. Now, how did that happen? Because then, when the cup comes down under, that was the headline in the Sydney Morning Herald the next day, you've got the byline. Yeah, it was just one of these things where a lot of things fell into place for me. So I had taken some holidays, and I swear I didn't plan my holidays around the America's Cup. It just so happened that the airfares, as many listeners would know, are a bit cheaper going into the fall or the autumn of of, uh, America. So I picked up uh, a cheap ticket uh, on my own. I was traveling uh, to America, my first ever trip, and my landing point was New York City. And in the background, as I was planning my trip, the America's Cup was going on, and I'm like, oh, well, we're headed for defeat here. You know, we're trailing 3-1, best of seven series. So I guess I'm going to get there. It's going to be all over. But when I actually take the flight... Australia's won one race back. So it's 3-2. They're behind in the best of seven series. And by the time I arrive there, and it's on the Friday, the 23rd of September, Australia's levelled it at three apiece. And the deciding race is on the Monday, the 26th of September. So I'm thinking, wow, I wonder if there's a chance that Australia, too, could win the America's Cup, coming from 3-1 down to win 4-3. So... As it turned out, there wasn't much coverage, but um, I kind of hooked up with some journalists who, uh, fellow John Fairfax and Sons journalists, and we said, wow, let's try and follow what happens here. And I went down to the bureau, the bureau in um, in New York City for the for Fairfax, and we found out that Australia 2 had just won. So a lot of us got together at a bar in midtown Manhattan, and the main Herald reporter was someone called Jenny Hewitt, and she was at Rhode Island covering the racing, but we were having a drink in, in Midtown Manhattan, literally just minutes after Australia won. And someone said, hey, wouldn't it be a good story to see what happened at the New York Yacht Club just around the corner? Because uh, even though Rhode Island is a couple of hours away from New York, the actual New York Yacht Club is in Midtown Manhattan. So that's what I did. It's on West 44th Street in New York City. So when Australia wins the America's Cup, where were you? Were you actually watching it? No, that's the thing. Hardly anyone was following it in the US apart from, you know, hardcore yachties. So I was just trying to get updates and, and, you know, went down to the bureau and and found out that we were, you know, behind and then we got ahead and and then we held on to win and we we couldn't believe it. So we got together all these Aussie journalists in a midtown Manhattan bar. And one of the journalists there was a guy called Fred Brenchley, who was the general manager of John Fairfax and Sons, who just happened to be on on a work trip. So he's a big boss. I'm a 21-year-old, you know, young journo. I'm 
been at the Herald about three years or so. I think, I can't remember who suggested it, but I said, I don't have a blazer. <laughs> and he said, take my blazer. And this is the general manager of John Fairfax and Sons, a big boss, you know, who I barely knew. And he's bigger than me. So I'm wearing this oversized blazer, blue blazer. I remember it. I'm wearing jeans and sneakers. And I said, look, I'm going to try and get into the New York Yacht Club and find out what actually happened when Australia 2 won the America's Cup and America lost it for the first time in 132 years. So you bowl up at the door of one of the most prestigious sporting organisations in the world. It has a reputation of not liking visitors coming in. I've called them. I had a nice chat with a bloke there, but they weren't really very friendly. What happened when you turn up at the front door? So I jump in a yellow cab, a New York yellow cab. I get down there and I swear I'm arriving just as this kind of a procession leaving the West 44th Street New York Yacht Club, and they're carrying something. And I can see there's, you know, there's maybe like half a dozen people carrying this thing. It looked like a, like a coffin or something. And there was an armored vehicle parked outside the club. And I get out of the, the cab and I notice it's the America's Cup. They're carrying it from the club itself to an armored vehicle to drive an hour and a half or two hours up to Newport, Rhode Island for the presentation. And I can't believe it because there are people with, with tears, you know, red faces and, you know, tears on their cheeks. And I'm like, I've got to do something here because this is all going to be over very quickly. It wasn't a very long process. It was very quick. They just got it out and people were kind of following it along, the members. So there was one guy I saw, he had red eyes. And I said, excuse me, sir, I'm from the Sydney Morning Herald. I'm an Australian journalist. Can I ask you what happened? And I, you know, he kind of paused for a moment. I'm like, <laughs> he doesn't look too happy. But then he started to tell me, you know, what happened. You know, we were following the race and we've lost for the first time. And then he kind of stops half, half sentence and he goes, hey, son, would you like to come inside? I'll buy you dinner and I'll tell you exactly what happened. I'll sign you in. So I'm like, wow, this has really fallen into place. And I follow him in to the club. I sign the visitor's book and I sit down with him and his wife dinner and he tells me the whole story of how Liberty lost that deciding race seven and Australia too won the America's Cup for the first time. How devastated was he given that he wasn't to know then that the America's Cup would go from being the most hard-fought sailing competition in the world for 132 years to something that these days most people don't even know that it's on and it's uh, sailed by completely different boats than the 12-metre yachts that Australia 2 and Liberty were. How devastated was he? It was like a state of shock. I think no one expected Australia 2 to come back and win those three consecutive races to beat um, Liberty because when we look at the history of the America's Cup before that, Australia were lucky to win one race. Mm. Often it was 4-0, might be 4-1. I think we only won something like three races in the four series before that. There was a sense of shock around the New York Yacht Club, but this guy bought me a steak dinner and uh, you know, a couple of drinks, and, and he's telling me the whole story. It was almost like I was uh, a psychologist or a psychiatrist, and he was telling me about this. I was like a therapy session, if you like. What did real, he say? Well, he's just saying that, you know, we never expected this, and, you know, we're so used to winning, and it's like losing a good friend and, and um, all this kind of stuff. It was a real attachment to the America's Cup because when we look back through the history of the America's Cup, the New York Yacht Club is the one that's front and centre, at least it was before 1983. 
it was kind of like a therapy session uh, with with uh, you know the guy that uh, is part of the the bad bad guys, the opposition, the enemy, you know. But uh, it was very sort of healing and and became very convivial. You know, there was no animosity against me being an Australian or anything like that. Mm. So you haven't seen Australia to win the race. You don't go to Newport, Rhode Island for the presentation. How do you write the front page story? Well, what I do is I write what happens inside the club. You know, how do people follow the final race? And when I walked inside the club, it was like kind of this old world sea feeling. It wasn't like a very fancy club. It's like that smelly oak, you know, <laughs> that uh, like similar to clubs, uh, sailing clubs and yachting clubs in Australia. Um, so I'm writing, I'm trying to find out how do they follow it? There's no TVs in uh, the, the New York Yacht Club. They're, they're banned. This is a place where rich people go and try and escape and have maybe a few drinks and some nice, nice food. There's not even a proper telephone. They've got one of these telephones where you can't dial out, you can only dial in. So as I found out, they were following the race with updates from, from Rhode Island on a, a one-way phone. So they're picking it up and they're hearing, you know, well, you know, Liberty is now leading at, at the halfway point, Australia 2's come back. So they're not watching it on television. They're getting updates via a phone, one of these old kind of style rotary phones. That is incredible, considering how important it is to the New York Yacht Club, or was. And we should point out that the New York Yacht Club was more than just the America's Cup. That was just something that they happened to win back in 1851. They run all sorts of uh, sailing enterprises. So what happens at the end of the night? So I'm there in the New York Yacht Club. I'm talking to this guy and his wife. I'm talking to a couple of other members. And remember, this is the times before computers before mobile phones. So what I'm doing is thinking, I need to write this story. So I had a notepad and some pieces of paper. I think actually they gave me some A4 style uh, New York Yacht Club stationery. And I'm writing my story by hand. And as I'm writing, a lot of the members are leaving and, and I'm almost there by myself with the security guard. And by the time I've finished my story, it's very late because you know the the race itself was in the late afternoon and I went down and it's sort of early evening and I have dinner I've written this story and I have to call they have a phone box actually within the club they have a phone box even they don't have a a proper telephone at the bar Mm. they have a phone box so I'm calling reverse charges to Sydney from this phone box and reading my story Hmm. off my pad and I must point out that before that I'd actually called up to find out if they were interested. And of course they were. So when you're calling in those days as a journalist, you call reverse charges and you always hope (laughs) except you call. So, you know, there's that old kind of fashion sound of the the pips and Hmm. then, you know, will you take this reverse charge call from Jason Vasey in New York? And yes, I will. So I dictate the story over the phone and I'm the last person apart from the security guard to leave that club after midnight on that day the 26th of uh, September, which was a Monday going into the 27th, a Tuesday. But one thing I should point out about that whole experience is that the New York Yacht Club reminded me of that uh, movie Trading Places that we saw. (laughs) uh, And it reminded me very much of that, of the kind of high rollers and, you know, very much in that sort of uh, past times and, and, you know, dressed up. So it, it kind of felt that you're back in time. You're kind of living in a different era. And yet there is this kind of whole world that's uh, evolving outside. And with Australia winning the America's Cup, 
it was almost like the New York Yacht Club moved on and, and sailing and yachting moved on. And there was a, suddenly a lot of interest in this sport that didn't exist before in the United States. What about when you got back to Fred Brenchley to give him his jacket back? Did he ask you what you've been doing? Yeah, Fred Brenchley was uh, very gracious about giving me his uh, you know, blazer. I gave it back to him. And soon after that, I actually left the Sydney Morning Herald because for me personally, it was a very pivotal time because just before my trip uh, to the US in September 1983, I'd been talking to Channel 7 in Sydney about becoming TV reporter. They were kind of on the fence about it. But because of this story that I wrote, they offered me the job as soon as I got back. They said, wow, we saw the story that you wrote on your holidays. We want to offer you a job at at Channel 7 as a news reporter. So soon after that story, I left the Sydney Morning Herald and and launched my career in television. So I'm not sure what Fred Branchley would have thought about that. It was sort of my last couple of months uh, at the Sydney Morning Herald. Did you pick up any, you know, matchbooks or any uh, souvenirs from the New York Yacht Club on your way out? The only souvenir that I had was that A4 paper that was uh, the New York Yacht Club paper that I took. Uh, I I should have got the the matchboxes, but you know what it's like when you're in a big story, the adrenaline's going. And I'm just thinking about, have I written the story well? Have I got everything in there? Is it going to get published? Am I going to get a good run? Is it going to be on the front page? And as it turned out, it was on the front page of this souvenir edition of uh, the City Morning Herald. It was the lead story. And I remember rushing to the bureau because I had a couple more days in New York. In those days, you couldn't look at papers online. You actually looked at the cuttings, you know, they were kind of bound together. And I'm looking and I, I looked at the paper for, the, for that day and I can't see my story. And then I look over and I see the souvenir edition and it's the lead story on the souvenir edition. And yes, my mum did buy that copy. And yes, she did frame it. And do you have a copy of that now? Do you have it framed? Yes, I do. It's downstairs in my place uh, in Brisbane. It was a proud moment for me, and it was one that I still look back with fondness now. And it gave me that sense of adventure about getting the big story and traveling. And I spent most of my recent career living overseas and doing stories on location. And I think the seed was planted back then in, in 1983. I was just 21 years old, and it was really my first big overseas story. And to see my name Jason Dacey, Herald Correspondent from New York. (laughs) I wouldn't have dreamt of that. It seems remarkable to me, though, that given that this was such a huge story in Australia at the time, people who weren't around at the time would not believe how big yacht racing became in Australia when we were trying to win the America's Cup there. So I'm amazed that the Herald didn't have someone at the New York Yacht Club. Everyone was out at Newport, Rhode Island. Yeah, indeed. Just one reporter they had at Newport, Rhode Island. And I guess no one really thought that America would lose it. And I was the lucky person that happened to be at the New York Yacht Club on that uh, day of September the 26th in 1983. But I should point out too that I'm not a sailor, I'm not a yachty, but I grew up around sailing and yachting in Sydney. And as a young journalist, I covered 18-foot skiff sailing in the late 70s for Australian Associated Press. And Ian Murray was the skipper of uh, Colour 7, which was a a boat wanted by Channel 7, who I'd worked for later on. And Ian Murray would later then be the skipper of Australia's um, yacht in 1987, and sadly, he lost that America's Cup. People say, are you a big sailor? Do you like uh, yachting? Not really. I don't really know that much about it, but I knew enough about it to write the story of my life in New York. These days, the New York Yacht Club does offer tours of what they call the model room at the club headquarters in New York. Have you ever been back there? 
I've never been back to the model room, but I do remember that where the America's Cup once stood, there was a kind of a trophy case. And on that night, 26th of September, 1983, where the America's Cup had once stood, I arrived at the club just as it was being taken to an armored vehicle to Newport, Rhode Island. Someone had turned an empty champagne bottle upside down and put it on the stand to the America's Cup. And I always remember the irony of that walking around that trophy room and seeing the uh, the champagne bottle instead of the America's Cup, which is Australia 2 had just won. That's a brilliant story. Jason, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rod. Overnights with Rod Quinn on ABC Radio.